QR code, and chat application security. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance. Learn more at ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is the second in a three-part Mac Voices Live conversation. This time, we finish up a discussion of QR code security that was started by an examination of one of the Super Bowl ads for cryptocurrency. Next, we switch to chat application security and why it's so important and which apps you may want to avoid and which ones you may want to trust. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. And there are three different settings. Um, uh, you know, when you go into just iOS settings slash messages, you, you can control the, the extent to which they are saved. So they, they give you 30 days, uh, a year, or forever. And I did notice the default when you, like, it's kind of a little tricky. So it seems to me, as, as I've noticed, that uh, it's kind of defaulted now to Apple is just automatically opting into, um, you know, you have your messages saved forever when you turn on iCloud Backup. You just have to kind of manually poke through settings and try to change. Well, if you don't want that, you you have to say, uh, you know, delete after 30 days, for example. Or you can also, you know, just manually delete them in the Messages app. Mm-hmm. I mean, you so could... It, okay. Go ahead, David. Go. No, I was just going to say another point on backing up. You know, you could use a third-party tool like an iMazing and back up your, your iPhone and... and uh, you're backing up your messages, but you, you know, amazing is encrypted too, and and it's not going out onto the cloud. So if, if someone's really concerned about the backup, don't don't back up your messages in iCloud. Use some use a third party tool like amazing, and then you have yeah. it. You have it backed up. You can restore them. You can restore them. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, uh, I think a big uh, privacy concern when it comes to this sort of thing is. Is your data going online or offline? And a lot of right. people say, as if it touches the internet, then there's a good chance that it can be compromised. If you're mm-hmm. only um, backing it up offline, like an on with iMazing to your computer or to an SSD, then there's I, it. It's a lot safer, I think. So taking nothing away from iMazing because it's a great program that I would advocate anybody get but david i have not used it for this that purpose so what i think i hear you saying is that you would be taking that icloud backup and pulling it through iMazing and then storing it on say a local ssd but at some point it's still sitting on that server somewhere and it could be compromised at that point it could be i mean if you're backing it up on a local drive you know it stays within you, but yeah, there's, there is also that possibility too, of that that drive could get compromised, but it stays on your local network. So it's, but isn't it's the original, isn't the original message that went through all the interwebs to get from point right. to point there as that, well. I mean, unless you delete, unless you delete those messages and just, and just keep a, a, a backup local, right. then it's still out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not even thinking about it's still out there guy. I'm thinking about just the fact that, uh, so pretend somebody wants to, to 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 
intercept my messages. I mean, and if I'm if I'm using iCloud backup at all, even though even if just 30 seconds after it comes, I pull it off and archive it down, it, they've still had 30 seconds to read that message. Right. So I, that that's if you turn that on at all, it's <clears throat> sitting on a server somewhere. And and right. I mean, and we haven't even talked about WhatsApp or or Signal or any of the others and the implications there. But for for Apple users. You know, and and again, I mean, there's a certain amount of paranoia. You know, I accused Guy of right. being paranoid earlier. There's a certain amount of paranoia here, but at the same time, if it's really something that is absolutely honest to God confidential, you don't even want to risk that thirty seconds. Right, you shouldn't. I mean, um, I guess my um, I guess my point was about amazing is you could pull it off of I I have cloud. I mean, yeah, it, you got that risk of being able to be read in that first thirty seconds to minute or whenever. While it's still out there, but if you if you're always backing up through iMazing and not backing up your your messages through iCloud, then you have a better chance that it's not going to be compromised. Yeah, I mean everything, any conversation that we have about anything like this, anything involving security, anything involving encryption, anything involving data privacy, like the best we can really reasonably expect at any point is to give people enough information to make an informed decision. Like yes. that's that's what Andrew and I talk about all the time on Security Friday is just making sure that people have the information, you know, just like, um, you know, every time I get into a car, there is a chance I could get into an accident and die. Whether I'm driving or not, you know, that's, there's a certain amount of risk that I am taking. Like, yes, that is a thing that is possible. Is it probable? Is it likely, you know, there, you know, seatbelts help that and on and on and on. There's a lot of things that people do in order to be, in order to travel safely, you know, cars, planes, trains, whatever. And, you know, leaving the house is fraught with risk. Not leaving the house is fraught with risk. You know, like when you get down to it, there's a whole lot of stuff where we've traded security and convenience and everybody has to find that spot for themselves where they are most comfortable. So mm -hmm. it may be like, I'm totally fine with Facebook having all of my WhatsApp chat history. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. And if you're not, maybe you're using something else. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's up to everybody to make that decision for themselves, whether signals what they want to use or iMessage because everyone, they, everyone else has an iPhone and, you know, I'm not sending anything interesting to anyone with an Android device anyway, whatever. Like it, it doesn't matter what those things are. Like everybody just has to be able to make that decision for themselves because all of it, you know, like you said, Chuck, like, yes, somebody could read that in that 30 seconds, but, uh, you know, while it is a thing that is possible, how probable is that same thing? Right. And you know, if you're yeah. if you're making sure that those things don't happen, your 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 drive is file vault encrypted, and on and on and on. Like, there's a lot of things that you can do. You know, it really comes down to like leaving your car in a parking lot. Like, yeah, someone could steal it, mm. but if you roll up your windows and you and you lock all your doors and you don't leave your laptop in the front seat, there's going to be the person who did do something dumb and left the back door open or whatever. And that's going to be the thing that's going to be the better target for somebody who maybe is particularly lazy and feels like smashing into a car. Now, that doesn't mean that maybe your window won't get bashed in, but it's a lot less likely if somebody else has, you know, left the key on the front seat or whatever and, you know, becomes a much better target than you. Yeah. Well, security, security is, is like, you know, by using security, it's the difference between getting in your car, maybe getting into an accident or getting into your car and getting bitten by a shark. So, you know, if you use security, then chances, yeah, bird shark. If you use security, <laughs> chomp, chomp. If you use security, chances are 
most of the bad things, or at least decent security, most of the bad things aren't going to aren't going to affect you because I mean, let's face it, most of us don't live the kinds of lives that the the, the people that want to find out these kinds of things about us yeah. would, would they just well, it's guy. What do I care what he does online? It doesn't really matter. But if right. it, you know, as compared to trying to find out something about a congressman or a senator or or whoever, yeah. right? Or, or in other words, guy, you don't have to be faster than than the other person. You just have to right. be or faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than you. Exactly. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have yeah. to outrun Andrew. The yeah. same thing. Same thing applies <laughs> to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but but okay. So that that said, I mean, that's all good common sense. But at the end of the day, I would like to be selecting the most. If I have serious or significant security concerns, I'd like to be selecting the the most secure app that I can find. And okay. look, I mean, we've talked about Facebook here plenty of times. That little meta symbol on that commercial. I mean, I like the commercial right up to the point they saw that because I thought that the, the point they were making was fair. And then I saw the meta and all my confidence went out the window. <laughs> so, and Andrew, you've talked about, you know, they still can sell ads around the metadata. So that means they're mm -hmm. collecting metadata. So my question is Signal. Um, and I just pulled up their page and it looks like there's a donate thing there, but you're not paying for Signal either is, unless I'm missing something. So does that make it a better option? And if so, why than what Facebook seems to be selling their claims of end-to-end -end encryption? I mean, yeah, I'll be totally honest. Uh, I, I really haven't used a whole lot of messaging apps. I've used Signal. And my friends use Facebook Messenger. I know, cringe. Um, but uh, in my opinion, the difference between them is that uh, Signal is open source. You know, um, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's 100% private or secure. But at least for people who know what to look for, they can go to the source code and... Um, you know, try to see it. if there are any yeah. vulnerabilities. It's public. Anybody that wants to can go see it. And again, with a difference, because what's what's important about that piece is that the software that generates the encryption keys and the software that manages that transaction, you know, device to device, that piece is the piece that's open source, not the keys themselves. So yeah. it's sort of like saying, you know, anybody can go buy a machine that makes a house key. Like anybody can go buy one of those and take it all apart and see how it works and everything. That doesn't mean they're going to be able to figure out how to make a key that opens your door, you know, just because it that machine once made a key that opened your door. So I know a lot of people get nervous sometimes about like things that are open source and publicly available like that, but that's part of what makes it better because anybody that wants to could go look at that. And if any security update you know, if, if any security nerd wants to go, like, see if there's a hole in that, they can go find the hole and then just let Signal know, like, hey, I found this thing in your algorithm that's not working like it should because I can get in. And then as a result, I can see all the things and uh -huh. then it gets fixed. And more eyeballs is always better. I mean, it's sort of like a public beta program, you know, like the more the more people trying it on more weird hardware configurations in different situations with different kinds of software, like that's just going to help make it better. And that's part of what makes public what makes having it publicly available a huge advantage, I think, in that case. And Kelly, that might be one of the best examples I've heard of, from a security standpoint anyway, of why open source is a good thing. Just because it can be reverse engineered doesn't mean that it can be used to 
open crack, whatever. Yeah. So that's a really good, really, really good analogy. I, I don't know. I mean, is there a conclusion here? It's, it sounds like we have to be careful if, as as Apple uses, if we're using iMessage, uh, what we send across to our Android friends. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, take a good hard look at Signal. And if maybe if your metadata isn't important to you or you're not concerned, then, you know, it's okay to use I mean, to use WhatsApp. Yeah, just just think about what it is you're sending before you send it. You know, if, yeah. if right. it's if it's really if it's really that important, then for God's sake, don't use something that Facebook created or bought. That's that's you know just you mean Meta, whoever you know. I mean just <laughs> yeah, just don't don't do it. If if you're if you're trying to to say hi to your grandmother, who cares? You know, right. Facebook finds out that your grandmother lives in Boise, Idaho. You know, big deal. Mm-hmm. But if, if well, it's like, okay, Facebook we're going to close that deal today. Yeah, yeah, they already do. <laughs> yes. Before I was even yeah. born. She's been popping off. She's been popping off about vaccines since last year sometime. <laughs> they know everything about my grandma. Um, well, I think part of, I mean, part of it is just sort of stop and think about what it is you're sending, right? Yeah. Like if it's a conversation, you know, like, hey, Andrew, did you see this story? Because it might be a good thing to cover is one thing. And like, you know, here's my direct deposit information is quite another. <laughs> so um, there, you know, stop and think about stop and think about that piece of it. And, you know, it's it's nice that for most people, most of their communication, you know, if you're on an iPhone and you're talking to other people that are blue bubbles, you know, like you're you're reasonably secure from somebody else watching that conversation go by, you know, um, yeah. like I think when we talked about on security Friday, when we talked about end to end encryption for the WhatsApp rolled it out for everybody, I went, well, how is Facebook going to make money off of that then? And, uh, it's the metadata. So, you know, like in that case, that was one of those, you know, well, if it's completely free, you know, um, you know, you can be a little suspicious of it, especially if it's, you know, and from Facebook doubly so triply. So I would say, um, Signal is a nonprofit. You can donate to them. Other people donate to them. Corporations donate to them. Um, I think they are one that is reasonably well regarded among security nerds. And there are like security foundations that also help fund them, which is Mm -hmm. how they have a business model that allows them to continue to support that development and help that product continue to evolve, keep it in the app store, Um, you know, make sure all the servers still, you know, keeping the lights on for those and all that kind of stuff. So there's, you know, there's, there's a very high level of transparency with them to make sure that, you know, what they're doing is on the up and up because they, they have the same sort of, you know, stance, like, you know, if it's free, I should be a little suspicious about it because if I'm not paying, I am not the customer. And in this case, that's only, that's only partially true because no, you are not paying, but you are also not the customer. Like they've rolled out, you know, corporate solutions and things for folks to help make some of that a little, uh, you know, to help fund the other stuff that they're doing. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by ZocDoc. Find local doctors who take your insurance. There are some amazing doctors out there, but really the only ones that matter are the ones who actually take your insurance. With ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in network, putting you on the path to seeing the doctors who are right for you. No more wasting time hunting down Aunt Shirley's cash-only chiropractor or the dentist your coworker recommended who's out of your network. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, 
and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. After all, you are the patient. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MacVoices. ZocDoc.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting MacVoices. Well, Signal must be secure because I'm there for front of their homepage. I use Signal every day by Edward Snowden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I just found um, a link, and I'll throw it in the chat room from Tom's Guide um, about the most mm-hmm. secure apps. And, you know, there are a number of the ones we've been talking about here, a couple I've never heard of, and a couple that are Android only. Um, but, you know, the reason I went looking for this or anything is, you know, is there a paid app out there that I can pay for and therefore the company doesn't need to rely on donations or selling my metadata that, you know, yeah. I, I will. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know. I've, I haven't gotten down through here, but, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's a fair question to ask. Um, the real question here is why Chuck is so free, hung up free. on making sure all of his messages are staying secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kelly, it's, it's not. It's, it's, I, I'm it's kidding. The, I'm kidding. You know. Oh, I know. I know. But it's it's that idea that, you know, that that ad really struck me because, you know, the point mm-hmm. is absolutely on point. There's no question about it. But it was the fact that it was meta saying it that, you know, caused me. Turned you off. Well, yeah. Well, just caused me concern, guy. You know, it's like. Okay, the left hand is over here while the right hand is in your pocket. And, you know, that's not good. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> David, we're oh, after God. dark. So. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 It's just the way that my mind works, or sometimes yeah, which, doesn't. Which is a scary thing. Um, a couple of things in the chat room. We had a, a, a number of endorsements um, from Brad and Webb uh, about iMazing. And a point I wanted to make clear during that part of the discussion. That's not a failure of iMazing or anything. That's not what iMazing mm-hmm. is supposed to do. It's not supposed to intercept your texts and ar- mm-hmm. and or ar- chats and archive them. You know, it's a it's a utility that is a think of it as a backup utility or an access utility. So what we were saying was not a failure of iMazing's part in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Um, and Brad brought up the point that he backs up encrypted to his Mac to preserve passwords. Yeah. Which so. is which is also super handy. It, um, health data, I think, is also uh, part of that backup. If you you can't preserve that, if you don't encrypt your backup, I believe. So, and uh, plus one on the amazing recommendation. I really really love amazing, and uh, it has it has saved so much bacon in just in like the the support circles that I have. You know, I, as IT for my family and and all of that. Being able to have that solid backup. And, you know, be able to go back and preserve it. Like, here's this backup. And then, you know, I'm going to put you on the new phone. And then I always have the old one, like, preserved in amber over here in case you need it for something else later or something goes wrong and we need to restore from it or something. Um, It's super nice to have all of that. The way it manages the backups is just so much better. 
So yeah, we've we've talked to Gregorio's uh, uh, on of iMazing on the show. Gregorio uh, Zanon um, of iMazing a number of times on the show, and so go back in the archives and you can hear the development of iMazing and some of what it can do. But yeah, it's absolutely a utility we should all all recommend. Must have and. Yeah. And Brad just threw this in, which is an interesting uh, thought that I may, iMessage is safer than email. And Kelly yeah. agreed, most things are. So, okay. <laughs> good, yeah. good point, Kelly. Good point. Um, okay, so that was chat apps. And that was, that was fun. Thank you, guys. Because uh, hopefully we made, at the very least, we made some people think um, about what they're using and what they're texting. Um, the other thing, and, and this topic was something I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, I had a conversation with Larry O'Connor of Other World Computing last week. Larry! And we, we, the conversation got around to products that we want to see, things that we would like to see that haven't been built yet, hardware or software. Now, I have one in particular in mind, and according to Larry, it wouldn't be that hard. So developers pay attention. I will pay for this happily. Um, but I want to, I ask everybody here to think about something, something realistic. You know, I said, first person that says transporter, I'm, I'm, I'm punching them out of the room. Um, <laughs> I don't I know why see... you would think transporter. I really thought holodeck was the thing you should have eliminated from the conversation. Well, yeah, you know, I, we're not all in one. I mean, <laughs> geez, here we go. Have you met Guy? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. What I'd like to see is I'd like to see a utility that I could take a cable, plug it, plug one end into one of my USB ports, USB-C or with an adapter USB-A, plug the other end into another port on the same Macintosh and have it tell me what kind of cable that is. Is it a charging cable? Is oh. it a data cable? What, you like know, a, what is it? Okay. Because Almost we like have- a, like a tester. Yeah. Yes. Because okay. we have so many, so many uh, cables that were unmarked and of course, USB USB C was supposed to solve it all, except it didn't. And yeah. the, the way this came out with Larry um, was that the, the Thunderbolt four cables that OWC is producing, you don't have to worry about it because it will always carry all the power possible. It will always carry all the speed possible, USB C or Thunderbolt. And so, but I'm good about luck ready telling to... that Thunderbolt four cable from a Thunderbolt three cable from a Thunder from a USB C only cable from a data cable from exactly. a charging cable. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to throw out all my cables and just go and buy, you know, spend money on them and then be done with it. In a box um, with a fox. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. So th that's a product I would like to see somebody develop. Um, and so please, you know, developers, get on it. Unfortunately, it might be more expensive than just throwing out all your cables and only buying OWC high-end <laughs> cables. Well, it might, it might be. But, you know, if, you, if it can be done in software... You know, I wouldn't think it would be, mm -hmm. oh, my God, expensive. You know, I mean, uh, charge charge 10 or 15 bucks. I wonder if it can be done in software. I well, this, am willing to bet it can. And I might even know people who could possibly, at least in theory, figure that out. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Brad says, easy solution, throw out the unlabeled crap. Yeah, well... <laughs> That, that thought has occurred to me, Brad. Yeah. yeah, don't don't buy those cables at Walgreens on the uh, on the checkout aisle. <laughs> oh God, please, yeah, that goes without saying. Seriously, well, so that's we, that's something I'd like. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Sorry. Well, I want to shift gears for a minute and just like a real quick sort of 
cable buying guide is um at least you know this has worked for me pretty successfully um don't buy the cheapest one make sure you can pronounce the name so if you're cruising amazon and looking at a cable to charge your phone uh you know make sure it's a name that you know uh your belkins your skivas your anchors your rav power that sort of thing um and and see kind of what the throughput is is what i have found because like when i went when i got my iphone 12 which is what i'm charging now um, i had a couple cables that couldn't cut it uh, i had the right thing in the wall to get enough power to like quick charge my phone or quick charge my watch and uh neither my phone or my watch were fast charging on that and it turned out it was you know because the cable wasn't it or because the charger that i have for my watch wasn't uh wasn't working like it should and so uh you know a better cable is how i solved both of those problems so um like for cables that part is really hard but uh now i'm like hmm Here's who I know who works on like lighting up circuit boards and things and has a 3D printer and maybe could fashion something like that that would be awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it would be a hardware device, Kelly. I don't know. It just, the, the, the ports on the on the Macs are smart enough to know what it's supposed to do or what it can't do, mm-hmm. you know, through that particular cable. So maybe I'm just being simple, but, you know. Maybe software could do the job then. Just you know, yeah, could yeah. could it try to send something from one port to the other port? Even if you had to tell it in port one, I've plugged in this, and in port two, I've plugged in that. Yeah, tell me what's happening in between. Well, because cable, t- like, am I remembering correctly that there is such a thing as a cable tester? Like, you used to plug an Ethernet cable into, and it would tell you if it was a crossover cable or not. Back when that mattered, yeah, and it would yeah. light up the the right number of lights for like what kind of throughput you had. Like, Cat five is a Cat five E is it six? Like that's a thing. Okay. We're still using crossover cables, but I'm not I'm not drunk. Okay. <laughs> I seem to remember. That? Well, it's early. It's not even six how, here. Um, how would we I know? thought I remembered I'd talk a little slower, but only a little. Take <laughs> <laughs> uh, your <yeah>. notes. <laughs> so that yeah, that was what I was that's like I seem to remember that being a thing that I had to use at one point um, when I was making Ethernet cables. And so I wanted to, I, I thought that was a thing that I'd had to use. So that would be a cool little gadget too. Hmm. And may, uh, Brad in the chat room says it probably can be checked link speed to an SSD. Um, you know, so oh, yeah. there may be some workarounds here and I'd, I'd love to hear about them specifically. So I know, because again, I'm, I'm ready to abandon a whole lot of expensive cables um, just because I'm not sure exactly what they want. And inevitably, I will pick the wrong cable at the wrong moment that I really need something charged or I really need trans- fast transfer, and I pick up the wrong cable. Kind of kind of goes along with uh, Chuck, we were talking about uh, the, the ability of being able to identify what hard drive is in these ex- these uh, exter- external hard drive enclosures. You know, to try, I'd like to see a tool like that, being able to identify because sometimes you can't identify what hardware it is. You plug it in, it's a generic way. Like, you know, if you're using an OWC enclosure, it's going to say it's OWC, but you have no idea what the hard drive is inside there. Why can't they mm-hmm. why can't they come up with something to go into the firmware of the hard drive itself and report back and tell us, hey, it's it's this Western Digital, you know, NAS drive or whatever it is. Doesn't disk utility tell you yeah. that huh. or not? Like not in the always. hardware profile of that? Okay. Especially, you know, like you get the Western Digital, the, the you know the the, the pre the 
the prepackaged uh, uh, external drives. Oh yeah. The Easy Store or the um, Easy Store or the yeah or the I forget mm-hmm. what the other one's Elements, called. I think was the other one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it is a little surprising because I mean, you, you feel like that that utility has to be out there somewhere. And so, yeah. folks, if you if you know of it, please send us an email or throw yeah. it in our chat room if you know it. But well, I mean, it should just I, be able to read the firmware on the drive and, and come back and say, "I'm this," you know, "I'm here," "I'm here." Now I wasn't able to. I mean, and, I, and then I took a part of uh, Western Digital Enclosure, and, and my pleasant surprise, it was a NAS drive. So it was a red NAS drive. So. Uh, to put into my Synology. So, you know, but why should I have to destroy that if I didn't want to? I want you to know what actual drive is in there. Yeah. Now, Brad's saying that it should show you what that is, but that's, I'm with David. That's not been my experience. Me either. No. With, with those, again, those pre-created drives, um, I wanted, I would like to know yeah. what's in there. And, yep. you know, don't always, mm. can't always find out. Hmm. Drive DX. Not familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. So everybody go look up Drive DX. Mm. Yeah. Drive DX. <laughs> hmm. Most advanced drive health and diagnostics. Hmm. Binary fruit. We make fruitful software. I've used Drive Genius, I think it's called, yeah. for things, yeah. but I don't think yeah. I've done. Never heard of this. Yeah, don't yeah. know this. So I've not used Drive DX. Okay, old, so though. it's it says it's recommended by Tech Radar, Lifehacker, yeah. MacWorld, Gizmodo, Mac the Mac Observer. Wow, Andrew, oh. uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was mentioned on Mac Ecab not late last late last year. I was gonna say it was either Dave or it was uh, you know Jeff Gamet back in the day might have. No, there was August twenty one twenty one is the last time it was mentioned. Okay, okay, okay. Well, Andrew, get on that. I will. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> check this out. Okay. That's a good one, David, because I, I, yeah. I've had the same issue. Our panel is back in the third and final part of this Mac Voices Live discussion to talk more about what products they would like to see that don't really exist yet, but that we could definitely use. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.